impress Jimmy's mom. That's good, Alex. That's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Cable Trash Cast. The, tonight's topic is the Fantastic Planet, excellent French film. And with me, I have Alex, Cade, and Chungus. Uh, introduce yourself, guys. Uh, Cade, you're the guest, so you can go first. Um, hi, I'm Cade, 21, Libra. I'm a filmmaker. Um, and I like animation, though I think it's incredibly hard, and I just admire it. I do live-action films. Mood. Um, I'm Alex. I go by Alex Life Tunes or Alex Tooney. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, I do some video editing for other YouTubers on the side, but I'm also hoping I can stream a lot more often and post some uh, video content of my own this year. Excellent. All right. All right, and uh, I'm Chungus. I'm Astral Turtle on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and like everywhere else. Uh, I make art and comics and music and memes and all sorts of funny things. And I'm uh, I'm real happy to be here. Okay, did you have socials you wanted to plug, by the way? Oh, sure. Um, on everything, I'm at underscore Cade Hogan underscore. And then on YouTube, you can find my short films at uh, Cade Cinema. And I also have a podcast on uh, YouTube uh, uh, on a YouTube channel called Caden Walking, called Caden Walking Talk at You, which is much less oriented on a subject and is just random people. And some reason people Ooh, like it. Yeah, wait, I tried doing that, but they were way too long as a podcast, so I I tried them to be specific topics. They were That's, very. Long. It's very smart. <laughs> they were very long. The first one was about three hours. Lord. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, yeah you got to uh, timer. Um, Sorry, and I'm Tuner. Uh, you can find me at, at Cold Tuner and on Twitter and Instagram, and Newgrounds and Tumblr. Uh, oh, Tumblr! <laughs> fuck. And uh, and MySpace and MySpace and and, and GeoCities and BitChute. Uh, you can you can, I animate. I do illustrations. I I write. Sometimes uh, you can find myself on... And you have a book. And I have a book that's self-published on Ooh. Amazon. That's awesome. Let's go! That's what can go. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll put all these, these links on the description. Um, but yeah. So before we start on the, the general topics, what... Uh, what not? Uh, Kate, tell us more about yourself. Uh, what uh, what films have you worked on? Um. Well, I've made four short films. One called Thursday the Twelfth. It was a parody mockumentary following Jason Voorhees doing like grocery shopping before he has to go kill people <laughs> like Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, after that, that was into a couple film festivals that had really good acclaim. People don't care about that, but I'll just throw it out there. I made another film. Yeah, no, that's sick. Uh, thank you. I made another movie after that called uh, The General Inspection of the Average Parade Float about a parade float company uh, scrambling to get a float done in time for Christmas. That's some, that's some anime title right there. <laughs> it, it got out of hand and very long, very quickly. <laughs> right. Um, then I made a film called Wrong Address about a serial killer who goes to the wrong house and tries to kill another serial killer. That one has, for some reason, been taught in classrooms. I don't get that. Oh, that's awesome. 
Uh, I love the premise of that. Thank you. And then uh, my most recent film, uh, short film, was a film called Immortality about Dracula helping Van Helsing's granddaughter take care of a senile Van Helsing uh, <laughs> one night. It's good. Oh, how nice of them. I love stuff like that. That's dope. Yeah, I love the, that effect you did. Was that like a hoverboard for like the Dracula one? It was. It was a, I was wearing dress shoes uh, for a full, like we would shoot from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. for a whole week. And I'd wear dress shoes beyond this hoverboard. And every morning after I get a little bit of sleep, I'd wake up with horrible cramps in my calves. <laughs> it was worse, though. It's, it's like, it's a really funny effect. Thank you. I'm so happy with so how it turned good. out. Yeah, I'll have to check it out eventually. If we ever do a podcast on you specifically, well, I'll, I'll watch them all twice. That will freak me out. I'll tell you what. <laughs> maybe maybe when my feature film comes out, I'll come back. We can yeah, talk feel, about that. Feel free, yeah. To, oh, yeah, feel free to come on. What is the one question I want to ask about? Uh, what was like? Uh, what would you say is like? At what point did you realize? Oh, I'm gonna have to make like a full movie. Like at what? Like did it, an idea just start small and just get big, or was this like an idea you've had for a while? Um, one year ago, I was watching the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and about halfway through, I had a idea for my own noir detective film which is what i'm currently working on and i just sat down in about in about four hours i had planned out all the characters in a basic plot and then within the next few weeks i had a draft of the script done and then i wrote it for like a year and just had it to a point where i was like yep this is ready and i wrote it with like i write with a lot of limitations in mind because so far all the stuff we've made has been self-financed right mm -hmm. uh so i had to be like what can we make with not a lot of money but still getting some and this just ended up being a project that seemed feasible to do that with it, yeah it makes sense hey i just watched skinamarink which was made on like a shoestring budget as goes over a million and i gotta say that was like one of the scariest movies i watched last year so i'm yeah, really I, interested I, in seeing skinamarink yeah there I'm, are I'm, so many I'm like really supportive of like like more grassroots you know lower budget yeah, but like not... genuine movies out there I can't remember what it was. There was like a movie that was made. It was like a movie made on an iPhone, and like it was a big director's debut. I think it was the director was of Ladybird. Un no, that wasn't Greta Gerwig. That was a movie called Unsane. I think that might even be a Steven Soderbergh film. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, but it was like shot on an iPhone. Which... Yeah, that's the big thing I remember hearing about it. That was uh, yeah, it was it was Steven Soderbergh from the Ocean's movies. Mm. Every time I like see someone or see a case of someone uh, of like a movie that has such a low budget and gets all of its money back and like the way they use their budget or use the limitations is just so smart. It like immediately I'm just like, wow, I like Damn, yeah. I wish I thought of that. Hey. Yeah, that's the scary part. You got to just surround yourself with smart people. That's what I've learned. So yeah, surround yeah. yourself One with thing... crazy people that are willing okay. to, to do all that. Like, like, have you ever heard of the? Uh, have you ever heard of the show Silent Library? Yes, I have not personally. It's basically this. It was a game show on MTV where the idea is it's just six friends in a uh, in a library and they're given like random tasks that they have to do or punishments they have to endure, and they have to stay quiet. And that's basically it. And it's so genius because it's just this one set with like six random people just staying quiet there's only like a, a, a handful of camera angles and a few actors who are pretending to be like patrons of this library 
it's like such a bare bones show, but it's so entertaining. Sounds really cool. Well, you can definitely tell like this is like each episode could be filmed in like a few hours and they could like film an entire season in just a handful of days. That's that's what ridiculousness does. They just film three seasons in a day and call and call it a season (laughs) and call it a a life. Yeah, that's probably even cheaper because you don't even like need because it's just like them standing in front of like there's no re there's no double takes. (laughs) No, you get you get one. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Adult Swim shows probably do that too. Because when I stayed in LA and I was going through applications, I almost picked up one for uh, Tim and Eric, where oh, they were doing cool. like they were doing like eighteen hour like shoots though. Like I was still in school, so I couldn't oh, do it because wow. I was still uh, taking classes. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was crazy. Me and some friends, though. me and some friends were working on an Adult Swim pitch a while ago that was supposed to be just like super super cheap and shot in new york that was something that we were looking forward to making but we weren't able to figure all the bumps out but uh it was cool i do think right. it's a lot of very cheap stuff over there yeah they they definitely pick up i mean they purposely do that they pick up lower budget kind of shows because that's that's part of their branding to be honest yeah it's I've also i, like, I want us to clarify it doesn't mean that it gets worse like i feel like when no, it's right. cheap, it sounded bad no. but it, it's all great stuff i, get, also. I think like it's just it's made for a much lesser budget like I mean, that's just I, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is one of the most successful shows, and its episodes are only like, well, like a few hundred thousand per episode, which is way, way, way less. It's like a tenth of a normal, uh, yeah, tenth of they, part of a normal episode. They yeah. use every part of the buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. I think that's great. That's probably the reason why I love them so much. Yeah, Twelve Ounce Mouse. I remember. I remember hearing like <laughs> the reason why that show was greenlit was because like in the picture, just like this show is going to cost you nothing. It's a good pitch. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the best shows ever made, too. But, like, trying to make a good show fit within, like, a 15-minute time frame, like, that that alone. Yeah. Right there. Oh, yeah. And have it be just as engaging and just as, like, fulfilling as a 30-minute show. Yeah, it's so hard to be able to do that. And I, I, whenever I watch something from Cartoon Network or Adult Swim that's so short, I'm like, how... Are people able to just tell such a complete story that can make you feel so many emotions in this short amount of time? Right. And that really comes down to like the efforts of storyboarders too, who can really take you on like a journey of just sequential images and then basically in 11 minutes set up a three act structure, which would normally take you like an hour and a half or something to do. I Mm -hmm. love it when like a storyboarder can get like a really crazy expression through to the final product. Yeah. The dream, the dream to work Adult Swim for minimum wage. <laughs> I, for, if it's adults, I would gladly work. At I, that's like a dream to like live in Atlanta and work at Adult Swim. Adult Swim forms so much of like my influences from an art and even like a personality perspective that I would love to just <laughs> work there. I even do anything. I'd, I'd oh, pick yeah. up freaking garbage in the yeah. back room if I had to. Yeah. Please, please <laughs> smiling friends, respond to me. Respond back for that storyboard position. Oh I sent you my storyboard. Please respond. Please, <laughs> please respond back. I don't know. I don't know how to draw, so I can guarantee you, any character I try to draw will look funny. <laughs> That's my art style is nothing it. in the show, but I think that makes it perfect for the show. <laughs> yeah, like a characters a that are like that. way in the background. Uh, Kay, you were saying something. They're gonna make a show about you trying to 
get on there. Sorry, I'm bad at using Discord because I'm an old man in a 20-year-old's body. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I feel you, brother. Same. So. I feel like it's so. I feel like it. I I keep thinking about like, oh man, what if I did a, a thing about a guy? What if I did a show about a guy trying to make a show, and then I like, my confidence is like immediately shaken after I say it to myself. I'm like, no, oh, no, <laughs> too meta, too complicated. I have a few pitches I'd ship. I'd ship to them, but uh, it wouldn't be dark rain. Dark rain's too freaking. Yeah, big there's budget. some pitches you, I have. I'm what just do you like, mean dark rain? Erogenous zone. It's not even gonna be called dark rain. It's the funny thing. <laughs> I just feel like there's some pitches that I have. I'm like, um, because I know there are some places like once you pitch it to them, it can be like contract bound and you're not allowed mm-hmm. to use it anymore. So it's just locked in its current state and you can't really do anything with it anymore. That was something I saw yeah. with like uh, when Jordan Peele was accepting applications from Monkey Paw. Like one of the stipulations was like once you submit this, it's the property of us. Yeah. Whether or not we decide to use it, that's also why I uh, did not want to pitch Dark Rain. I've learned from uh, making fiends. What happens if you you take your baby, your baby (laughs) web comic or whatever, and you take it to the wrong? uh, You are presented with a contract. Always hire a lawyer. Yeah, you got to read that Mm -hmm. shit. That's very good advice. That's why you send them a twelve ounce mounts, and if they <laughs> if they accept it, then boom, you you didn't lose a baby. You lost twelve dollars. No, my twelve ounce mouse. That is my baby. <laughs> my most prized possession. I, it's where I peaked. <laughs> you peaked. That was my I magnum opus. That was that was it. That's all I had. <laughs> I only have no more gas. I only have one idea. I used it. <laughs> that took twelve years to. <laughs> Just formulate and finalize and get all together. I got this new thing. 14 ounce moose. And they're like, you're just thinking yes. the same thing again. And no, no, like, no, 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 no. That would be a really funny, like, oh, April brother. Fool's joke where it's like this a is, Chinese knockoff of 12 ounce mouse. This is nearing Freddy Got Fingered levels of, of bullshittery. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be 12, it'd be, uh, instead of like 12 ounce mouse, it'd be 12 liter moose. Oh yeah, it needed to be leaders. That's the that was the missing ingredient. I think we should march down to uh, Adult Swim headquarters and pitch this right now. <laughs> William Street. It's going Here to be a Chi- it's going to be stylized like a Chinese uh, bootleg of twelve ounce mouse. Yes. Let me write all of that. Twelve liters. <laughs> twelve liter. Thirteen liters. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because thirteen because uh, it can't be uh, thirteen isn't unlucky. So is twelve uh, unlucky? Oh, four is, but before before times three is twelve. Three is the magic number. Four is the unlucky number. Combine them, you get unlucky magic. Oh, oh, Alex, I think you cracked the code, dude. I think you finally figured it all out. That's why we're learning about that in pre calc, and it was (laughs) in pre calc. That's why we shouldn't have a twenty six floor either. Pre calc. -calc. I'm not the only here to freaking pre calc. I think yeah, I had same. to at my school. I don't remember. Uh, I know I did. I took calculus too, but I don't remember any of it. We'll forget about the podcast, and I'll work on fourteen liter moves right now. Here we I'll go. get it done. Right, I'll get guys. it done in a day. Goodbye. It's just the end of the podcast. <laughs> we definitely yeah. covered the topic. This truly was a fantastic planet. Do we? Do we want to talk about our 
our little our little topic the, of the, the day. Top of the day. Uh, yeah, we can we can do that. <laughs> Let's see. What's the first question here? Uh, where did you find out about the movie, and what drew you in? Uh, the movie Fantastic Planet, to be specific. Yes, yes. So Alex, you can go first. I remember here. I think I saw it like show up on like YouTube on demand at some point. And maybe like in a thumbnail for like a YouTube video essay, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I've never seen, I've never heard of a movie called Fantastic Planet before. I think the first like time I properly saw it, and this is kind of embarrassing on my part, was when it was on one of those like YouTube movie recap channels. It was like Alien Keeps Boy as Pet or something the video was called, I think. That sounds like a a clickbait in the thumbnail. Alien yeah. does what? <laughs> Alien this does what? This was a kids movie. <laughs> this a kids movie. <laughs> yeah, brother. Ah, oh, brother. But uh, but with the moments of the little bits and stuff that I saw in that video were really were really interesting. Like the imagery, bizarre and out there. And with a movie in that style, it doesn't. Even though it it's obviously made in the seventies, it doesn't really feel like it. Alex, was this your first time watching it, or had you seen it prior to this and, and the YouTube stuff? Uh, I hadn't seen it. Uh, I hadn't seen the movie like full and proper. I had seen like posters for it and heard like people bring it up or discuss it in like posts online, but never, I'd never seen like a scene of it properly until that uh, video. While I was just like going through YouTube one night, I was like, "Oh, this is a uh, this is that movie." Mm-hmm. It's the movie. That's what it's famously known as. That movie. It's that movie. <laughs> that you point. The, it's a Mega Man prequel. <laughs> Mega Mind. Yeah, that's, that's the Fantastic Planet was the planet Mega Mind was from. Yeah. That's how he's still blue. And that's also why he's people. voiced by Will Ferrell. And they're both bald. Yep. Exactly. I do. Um, I, we did watch it in a, a call recently, and I, I do like how. It definitely, it doesn't, uh, it presents itself almost like a nature documentary. I was going to say the same thing. I think that's a really fascinating thing about this movie. It is a weird hybrid between the kind of like old Looney Tunes hunting story formula, where you're just kind of using the story as a way to hang weird shit on. But it's also surrounded by this really cool documentary style. Yeah, it doesn't feel like any like things are being played up for the for like it doesn't feel cinematic like this is just creatures trying to survive. Yeah, it, I think the music also helps a lot with that because it's a very consistent kind of I would I don't know why I describe it as French New Wave considering this is way past the New Wave, but it's it has that very specific kind of right. twanginess to it that is almost calming while you're seeing incredibly violent acts happen. It's the kind of like it's the kind of imagery you would see in like a gorilla's music video. <laughs> yeah. That they should remake this as just a gorilla's music video. That would be awesome. That would be cool. That would be so awesome. It would be so cool. Be the Powerpuff Girls. Would be the most incredible movie, hero movie the world has ever seen. My movie. Okay. My movie. Uh. Should we move on? Yeah, <laughs> yes. What is what sure. is the next person that is? is yeah, uh, what is uh, uh hey how, how you found out about the movie? 
Um, I found this by going to a Barnes and Noble, and in the movie section there, they have the Criterion Collection. Mm. And I was just browsing it. I think I might have been looking for some Harold Lloyd films, and I saw it, and I was like, "That looks weird. I'll watch it." And then I got it, and then I forgot about it, and then I watched it eventually, and I was like, "Oh, I like this. This is cool." Um, it's not interesting. That's how I. That's <laughs> I bought it. That's the sum of <laughs> I bought it. I bought based. What a flex. Actually buying stuff? We don't do that here. Oh, Such a flex. I, um, Such a flex. I stole it from the Barnes & Noble. In that what? case. That's not, that's not a flex. That's very I illegal. You know. I made someone else steal it from the Barnes & Noble. <laughs> no, that's a flex. Uh, no, <laughs> that's definitely a flex. No, you're just a crime I, lord. That's well. That's my DVD main goal in life. No, it was a DVD oh, slip. It was a, D- it was, it was a red box. <laughs> TikTok zoomer, whatever the heck you guys, you kids are talking about these days. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we, I, I was making have... a TikTok and did a big dance, and that was my distraction for oh, my yeah. friend Abraham Lincoln to run in and steal this film. It was just as surreal and nature documentary as what happens <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was Will Forte. Yeah, Will Forte. Um, I have chunkies. Okay. What is so? The... I, unir- it's ironic because uh, not ironic. It's coincidental. I saw this on that same California trip that I told you where I uh, applied to the Tim and Eric internship or whatever. Um, I didn't take that one. I ended up working with Cartoon Hangover, but still cool. Anyway, that was That's a whole really different. Cool. Yeah, that was a different. That was a whole different story. Anyway, my friend. So I had three roommates. They were all insane including myself <laughs> and everyone there was basically like rtf majors and shit so i was actually like one of the few music majors there and uh he was doing this crazy insane like binge of all these old movies he's going through like pretty much every famous 90s movie ever and then somehow i was like able to kind of convince him to stop doing that and we watched fantastic planet um so I watched it there the, for the first time. So this is like 2016-ish. And uh, it kind of became one of my favorite movies because I'm a big, kind of like what you're saying. <laughs> I, I love animation, even though I'm not an animator. But mm-hmm. it's like my favorite, I think, source of storytelling for sure. Um, I'm more of like a comic and music creator now. But uh, God, when I saw it, like, I just have such a love of like cell animation and like, traditional hand drawn animation. It's kind of a lost art. Um, yeah, I really so miss traditional cell animation. It's it's a nightmare to to make it, but man, it just it's so. I, I I can't think of any other way of getting that look. It just looks so distinct to me, mm-hmm. and uh, I I definitely see the seventies on it, but like in a charming way. I, I can always tell. Like my eyes immediately see, oh, that's a cell animated movie. So this can't be before 2002 or something. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's how I first found out about it. So that's the long and short of it. But I, I do love this movie a lot. Le Planète et ses morts. What is... Should we... Uh, no, uh, I'll go... Tinner. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really have a story on this. It's just... I remember back in the day, I was in a uh, animation binge. Well, I was in a film binge of of seeing like 
very well-known films out there. And I reached to an animation section where you got your 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 basics, you know, like Spirit Away, Akira, uh, Fantastic Planet, the the there's like a, another French film, I forgot the name. Uh and so I went through it and and actually saw it uh, years ago. Uh, I found it very strange and surreal. So like that's one thing I like, but uh, it it was a like, way too high brain for for wee little me, who who was just wanting to watch for entertainment and like and didn't appreciate the, the the complexity that was going through it or what was going on. So I never saw it again until probably last week when we were on a call. Oh what? Oh wow. Whoa. That's a big gap. And I didn't <laughs> I didn't even see it completely. I had to watch it again later because I was just busy. Right. So you, you actually didn't have like a positive like Interaction with it at first, then. Yep. I also love that you said there's no story, and then you told a very compelling story about how you came to like this movie. No, uh, that's not a story. <laughs> that is, that's just a secret that's, story. That's, yeah. a, that's an anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, of course. An anecdote, of course. A story's yeah, younger story. cousin. <laughs> story's little brother. A story, the the uh, unformed conjoined twin in the womb of story. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, I think Hemingway said about anecdotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll just move on to the next question. Yeah. Uh, what is? Should we explain to people what Fantastic Planet is uh, is about? Yes. Uh, who knows this movie by heart? I think that we should explain this in the most complicated way possible, which is each of us say one word until we formed a sentence, because I think that that will give people Ooh, a great yes. way to feel oh, how this really. movie makes you feel. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kate, how about you start? This. We should movie. have chosen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go from top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, this. Movie. Is. Lemons. <laughs> so otherwise known as evil so uh it follows me now it's me again yes <laughs> this, it's we're the caller okay it's zigzag it's zigzag i got it i got it i got it no, you see the call it's alex k chungus tanner right okay, yes so and then we go up and we go bottom to top down to bottom yeah got it got it got it yeah um Alex, I forgot what word you said because I confused myself. Uh, we were myself. like, so it follows. T- ter? Tear? Air. Yeah. yeah. Tear. As? Uh, a pet. That's two words, Fuck. brother. Hey. I'll allow it, but I'll allow this, but watch yourself, Senator. <laughs> uh, who? Runs. Away. Into. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this was a great idea. <laughs> that, yes, exactly. uh, as in the letter A. Yeah, colony of other humans, scrimblows. <laughs> uh, other human hyphen scrimblows. There we go. 
Uh, who? Uh, breed. And glow up <laughs> aliens. <laughs> there we go. That's the movie. Yeah. yeah. The masterpiece. It's so good. I love this movie. It is. It's really unique. There hasn't really been another movie like it. Um, what about I, Avatar? <laughs> and also, I have mean, people yeah. that are from Space. It, fair, I guess. It yeah. is like. It's Aaron, definitely, actually, oh, actually, nowadays it feels like something you would see in like an anthology series, but not as like a mm-hmm. full movie where the story has time, like real time to breathe. True. true. Yeah, I could see this as like a 20 minute short for Love, Death, and Robots. This is back when an art degree let you actually do things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said Avatar. I was thinking The Last Airbender and not oh, the so James, <laughs> James Cameron movie. Tiny, tiny little Ang being stolen by aliens. That's the crossover we need. <laughs> For some uh, reason, literally everyone I show this movie to laughs when the alien kills the, his fucking mother at the beginning of the movie. I don't know why. Like Everyone fucking laughs at that part. That's, that's crazy. Because it's funny. Just, it's slapstick humor. I, I can't understand it. Everyone laughs at that part. Pain equals funny. That's what Nostalgia Critic yeah. said. Exactly. You fun Humor needs oh, to have right. suffering. When you see the trauma on that woman's face as she knows she's seeing her child for the last time, it automatically makes you laugh. It's hard. It's hard. Classic, classic joke. Yeah. I use it in every movie. I make sure I shoot one woman in front of her child. (laughs) That's why Teen Titans Go was so funny. Yeah, Teen Titans Go was pretty based and epic and funny. Dude, they kill a person in front of... Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. Uh, actually, actually, they didn't kill. They didn't kill uh, a mother. They killed uh, the father too. Uh with two for one discount. Two for one discount. Yeah, exactly. It's movie. <laughs> what WTF? Yeah, it's definitely made for people to put some red circles on that. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely like. Uh, I guess a lot of people. It's like hard to discern a meaning. At least what I got from it is the idea that like, uh, sort of challenging. Um, our idea that we're the dominant species and like mm-hmm. sort of shifting perspective. Yeah. So premise for those who have not seen it, essentially in this world, uh, the drags who are these colossal psychic hyper evolved alien species, um, essentially like rule over their planet, uh, some sort of fantastic planet, if you will. Oh, and the, oh my God. the, the, we ohms, <laughs> The Ohms, who are these small humans who are just normal-sized humans, are on this strange alien world where everything is so magnificent and huge that we appear as mere ants or small animals, essentially, to the to the drag. So there's a bit of a, as I was saying, a challenge of like our humans dominant species. And they don't what I love about the movie is that they don't really go too much into detail of how the humans got there, but they do kind of show you like that the humans come from a place the drags call planet Terra, and they do see that maybe there was some essence of civilization there, but they don't kind of go into it. So there's a lot of meaning that you can grasp from it when you see it yourself. So that's the basic. Yeah, premise. yeah. The idea I think... that like kind of like how we don't respect the uh, don't have any respect for um, quote unquote inferior species ourselves, they don't really have any sort of uh, respect for humanity even though there's like semblances of society on Terra. 
I think it even has to do with how we view each other, not to get too deep about it, but just like, if you exist in one place, there's groups of people who are like, oh, I don't like this other group of people. And it's showing that everyone has this real sense of value to themselves and to everyone. And it's shown through how I think kind of that mindset affects everyone with like superiority complexes. Right. Haves and have nots. Yeah, exactly. I want to have psychic powers like an X-Man. <laughs> I would love to have crazy psychic powers. <laughs> Are we doing I the want... full theme song? We're going to do the full theme song. We have to do the Japanese one. That one's awesome. Cry for the moon. That one is for you. I think that. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, let's uh, move on. Next one. What's up? So, the favorite and least favorite parts of the movie. Uh, the Alex, you can go first. I do love how the poster. Okay. Well, one thing I have to say is I do I love how the poster for the film for both like the original and for like the Criterion DVD. The way it's presented is like an unlikely friendship. <laughs> That's definitely it's very BFG. <laughs> or like he's just like gent- gently holding Tara in his hand. Is like two two friends are going to break down barriers. Yeah, it's basically uh, Fox and Hound Green Book. Right? Yeah, it's Fox and Hound Fox and Hound Green Book. Free Willy. Free Willy. Free Bluey. Old Yeller. <laughs> old Yeller is, I think, a great comparison considering there's that whole scene where they recreate Old Yeller in this movie for about 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little cyclist. Yeah, it was a great... I like that part where it switches to live action. I thought it looked exactly like Old Yeller, which was a little weird, but who's to say? It was French, though. So they got all new actors. They were all French. Yeah. Even the dog was French. It's French. He okay. was. You could tell because he went um, bark... Croissant. I was, I was gonna. I was like, what, what's like something, something French? Like all I could think of was croissant off the top of my head. Le Bourg, le Bourg, le Bourg, le Bourg, le, 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 le Perry, le Wolf, le Eiffel No, he would Z- say le Wolf. It would be the F would be science would be le Wolf. Hamburger. Hamburger. I want hamburger. 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 I am Pink you guys Panther. should do a whole podcast only on the, the animated intros of the Pink Panther movies. <laughs> yeah. You could. Good. You I, saw, like, a, I saw a tweet of like uh, the Pink Panther and like a wife beater leaned over a pool table on Twitter and someone like quotes and <laughs> was like, I wish I was sexy as him. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> no, because he honestly looked like he was doing like a, like a playgirl shoot or something. He probably has. I mean, the Pink Panther, let's be honest, the Pink Panther fucks. If any cartoon character oh, does, absolutely. it's him. absolutely. That's fair. I think that's a fair uh, assessment. He's very suave. He has it. He has the charisma. You see him with that long cigarette and the people, they come a swooning. Yeah. I, I always said he was my first gay icon, so. I would say <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. I think that he was swing. I think he's pan. If Pink Panther's anything, Maybe. I think yeah. that he's, yeah. he would fuck anything that moves. Probably. <laughs> He's a sensitive fellow. Yeah. Yeah. Has he ever had like a, a speaking role? Yes. In the classic Pink Panther cartoons, uh, there was often times where they would pair him with a deeper like British voice. There was one specific Ooh. one I remember where he like ran a diamond mine. Um, and he but uh, more often than not, he's not talking. 
Right. Because he's too cool to speak. Yeah, Doc would be that guy, but um, we do need to talk about Fantastic Planet. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, completely um, right, John. I just, I just realized that, that the art. I realized something the art style reminds me of. Have you guys ever heard of that children's book, Bad Case of Stripes? I've seen it, but I haven't read it. It's like it's like a children's book about a girl who gets sick, and like every cure the parents like try to give her ends up like changing the way she is sick. And as they try to like all these different cures on her, her body mutates. So like she's given cold pills, and she turns into like a giant pill. Oh, interesting. And like it gradually like turns into nightmare fuel for a little kid. I think I actually have a little kid. Thing yeah, show. more 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 children's media should be nightmare fuel. I actually had a student that liked that book. Now that I think about it. <laughs> That's funny that you bring that up. That's yeah. I like the connection. Now we, back back to Fantastic Planet. To yeah, favorite. I think that uh, favorite so, at least sorry. favorite parts. Alex, go. Mm. Um. I mean, I guess least favorite parts is at times it can be at times it can be a bit slow, but that is one hundred percent. I can't really fault it for that because that's one hundred percent the intention. It really wants you to like soak in this environment that you're in. Fair enough. Right, Cade. Um, I guess my favorite part was I really did just love that kind of documentarian style that the whole thing has. It brings a very unique energy to it. It almost makes you feel like you're watching Planet Earth or something like that. Personally, I also loved the Blue Dudes Council where they all sat around. I don't remember names of anything when I watch anything. Never. The what drag. are they called? The, the drag. drag. The drag. Sorry. Um, I yeah. love their little council. I like their screens and the way that they would argue. Like it had a very specific like like news energy to it when the presidential elections happening that was very funny to watch. I think it also right. satirized a lot like that. And it reminded me of my favorite thing in the whole world, uh, Ben 10, which I can always find a way to relate it to. Uh, uh, yes. I am 100% certain that that little area where they all gather to watch those four dudes argue is a part of the um, Upchuck home planet in Ben 10 Omniverse uh, Season 4, Episode <laughs> 8, Tummy Trouble. Well, you know, um, they, they based this off of Ben 10. I don't know if you knew that. It is the eternal thing that everyone knows. <laughs> Right. Yeah. In 1973, they based the, it off of Ben 10. The oldest literature ever found is uh, the Book of Babylon, <laughs> the Bible, and Ben the 10. Ben yeah. 10, yep, well, ben is. 10 yeah. is based off of like an old, uh, an old English novel called The Adventures of Benjamin Tennyson. <laughs> Benjamin yeah, Tennyson. Yeah, and he cut down the cherry tree. Believe that. <laughs> yeah. Why did I believe that? Well, didn't you know it was it was a Dickens novel? The Curious Case of Benjamin Tennyson. Because I was going to talk about a book in my thing, so (laughs) I was like, "Wait a minute, is I wrong?" (laughs) I do also think the movie uh, looks a lot like that painting of the Venus de Milo. If that might not that might not be it. That this that woman in the shell. Oh, oh, uh, all right. Shit, I forgot the name. Venus de Milo. Venus is her name. it is Venus, but Venus is minus the birth a of Venus. Excuse me. It's the it's the birth of Venus. For some reason, the art style of this film. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. everyone's favorite the female, female ninja, ninja, turtle. ninja turtle. She's in the show, right? She I'm is sorry. in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, she's she's in the crossover. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. She is in a show, a movie show. Damn it. You can't bring up a thing. I know all the things. We're we're all too easily distracted. No, no. It does. It does kind of look like the 
the birth of Venus. It also gives me vibes of like Terry Gilliam animations. Yeah. A little bit, but <laughs> in a really weird sense, cause it's like, it doesn't look like photo cutouts. It's like, whoa, they're moving really fluidly. This is weird. Yeah. For some reason I had it in my brain that this was photo cutout based, but then seeing it move very fluid, I was like, oh, whoa, why did I think that? Right. Uh, it's just like looking at like a lot of like screenshots and stuff from it it looks like the the level of detail especially on the humans is crazy yeah i can't imagine how long that took to animate oh yeah especially especially considering that like it was by hand like even today a, a movie like this would probably not be made with computers yeah i don't think i because there's also so many like backgrounds and different creatures you'd have to create like there's such a specific I, I guess vibe maybe to way that the way that this movie looks and how much had to go into creating each minute detail of it because you like look at even a background like the place where um the main the Wait, main not tar the blue child who owns tear before he runs away like right she sleeps in this weird little crater bed and it's like how did they design that what made them to say there used to be these stripes on the side that allow them to like energize themselves or the night or the part where they're clothes turn into a vapor and they start merging together what was what was that about that part i didn't remember and i was like what's this right it does have kind of like that uh to bring back adults it has that sort of like weird adult swim effect where something will happen and it's so strange that like you'll wonder like wait did that actually happen but you're kind of too uh you're either too into it or too like tired to rewind to confirm so you're just like it's just at the back of your mind and you doubt whether you like are uncertain whether or not it was real or that it happened. Hmm. I I do love how you guys are like liking it to things that came out like decades after. I think that just shows how like much this movie still holds right. up. <clears throat> oh, it, I also think it's really influential. There was a lot of different designs throughout it that I thought, oh, this looks like it really inspired something down the road. Like there was one yeah. shot of an eight. Uh, they were taking the. There's another beat in this film where there's this um like little device that you put on your head and it teaches you things yeah. yes two humans are taking it across the desert and there was this large creature and i was like oh my god that thing has inspired so much science fiction the thing that first came to my mind was in man of steel the thing that's destroying earth like i feel like there's just so many different instances of artists taking cool <laughs> things from this and turning it into either technology or a different kind of creature true true yeah. It's like the right. the headband, the educational headband thing. Uh, when yeah. I saw that, it reminded me of the the sex headband things from Demolition Man. Oh <laughs> my god, it totally is that. <laughs> Sweet. I love how Demolition Man gave us the modern Taco Bell logo. Did it really? Yeah, they saw the, apparently executives at Taco Bell saw the Taco Bell logo they came up with for the movie, and they decided to like have the have their logo kind of resemble it. That's awesome. That's epic. Good, good going, Demolition Man. Hey, back, yeah. back to topic. Uh, any, yes. Anything else to add, Kate? Uh, no, I, I like the movie. The movie is good. Like the movie, movie, movie good. is very good. It gives me the vibes of like something you would see while channel surfing as a kid late at night, and it would traumatize you, and anyone you try to tell about it would say, that's not real, you're making that up. Stop lying. Yeah. Uh, Chungi, Chungi, go. Yeah. It's like I said, it's interesting hearing you guys liking it for like stuff that came later because 
I got a lot of vibes from, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this um, writer called Philip K. Dick, but uh, iRobot, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Total Recall, like a lot of, um, I think even my Minority Report too, right? I think a lot of those right. ideas came from his novels. And if you've ever read one of his books, something, Blade Runner too, uh, if you ever read one of his novels, like they don't, explain certain things they kind of just talk about things organically as if um as if you or any other person that was there would already know what it is so like right when a character holds like up a newspaper and you're reading a book about it like you don't they don't explain what a newspaper is right they just assume you know what a newspaper is and yeah you see a lot of that in his books and i see a lot of that in this movie where um there that there's that weird melding scene where you're like what the what are they even doing <laughs> like <laughs> What yeah, is this? They're vibing. Yeah. Okay. If if you're a dragon, you're there, you'd know. So they don't yeah. explain it to you. And I like that effect it has because you are watching this from Tara's point of view. And it's not like he would be given an explanation about what that is. It's not like you explain to your dog what a fr- what a refrigerator is, you know. <laughs> it doesn't know what that is, it just knows that food comes out of it sometimes. So there is like no like guy, you're just looking into a window. I'd yeah. be really curious how this was, that was explained in the book, or even if that was in the book. Because I, I in the cre- opening credits, it said that this was based on a novel, and I'd be so right. curious how that all plays out in written form as opposed to because I feel like stuff like that's kind of more surrealist elements are harder to convey in just paragraphs and words than visually because your eyes are able to process the weirdness, but I think your brain can create it on its own. Yeah. So no, I mean, like again, Philip K. Dick has a lot of weirdness in his books and. Maybe, maybe. It also comes down to, like, is this what the author had in mind when they wrote this particular panel? And, like, how much right, this artist's interpretation like, kind of comes into it? So, I'm not sure. Right. I actually completely forgot about that aspect of the movie, so I'd have to look into it, too. Yeah, I heard I was really interested to read the book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the book is definitely, because, like, it makes you wonder like what would the book have to have been like to like how much of the uh of the movie was inspired by the book how much did the movie uh reach to like do the book justice like how much was the movie how book yeah mm-hmm. yes well tanner uh oh well uh, the old buddy old pal least favorite parts do you have any oh oh uh Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't really have too many like unfavorable parts. I mean, there were parts of like the logistics that if I were to like truly like ache about where they're like, oh, three seasons is equivalent to like 15 years. But earlier they say like a week is like a year. So it's like, does that add up right? What is a season? I don't know. So, I mean, if you really want to like get into the nitty gritty of it, I'm sure. Is one like, of those a metaphor? There, there's some of things, yeah. Well, one might be, but one's definitely not. So, I don't know. Probably and I guess like, this movie does kind of do one other thing that it's such a small pet peeve. I kind of forgot I had it, but when they don't have narration continuously throughout, but mm-hmm. I think right, they have it towards up the like, end because they kind of have to. So, it's like you either do narration or you don't do narration. And I think, I think he was narrating. So maybe, I don't know. 
I don't really have too many gripes with it though. Those are Sorry. like me reaching for something to complain about. That's it. Okay. The, the, uncross your arms now. <laughs> I was not mad. I was I was Un- happy. Uncross your I arms. Of, Those were I, couldn't, arms. I couldn't think of anything to say, so I had to cross your arms. You forced me. <laughs> I actually forgot I was gonna say that until you reminded me. <laughs> All right, uh make mine quick. It's just air parts is I like the animation, I like the art style. It's very trippy, but like that's common to seventies movies. Uh, think Works. back back On in the that day. Note, can I also bring up Salvador Dali paintings, which I think. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you're, that, you're that absolutely so right. Obvious. Yeah, that one seems very obvious. Now I think about it, very much like has that Salvador Dali surrealist. Yeah, yeah. you're right, Sam. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just like, nah, popped don't, in my head. Don't, don't, don't worry. About it. Oh no, no worries. Oh no, you just kicked off the podcast forever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. It was great to be here. You had a good run. Just cut me out of this whole episode and just have large swaths <laughs> of silence. We'll just uh we'll have like a we'll edit a like a weird CGI creature that speaks in gibberish. We'll, yeah, I, we'll redub we'll redub your lines with someone else. Yeah, I want but just having a guy being like, Oh god, I don't even have the script. Oh, what do you need me to do? Like it's every time it gets cut off. I just need it to be bad. <laughs> the large monotone beep. Uh yeah. But yeah, where was I? Uh yeah. like the animation, like the art style. Uh very trippy. Uh, the you can feel the drugs these animators were taking back in the seventies. Ah what were they what were they that. on when they made this movie? I need that cocaine. Oh. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the least favorite parts is that it's French, obviously. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, brother. <laughs> and uh, that's that's the real tragedy because an American version just would not be as good. <laughs> nope. Uh, but that in, in seriousness, I, I don't really have any least favorite parts of, of the film. I guess the... Uh, the last part where the 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 drags the jet the drags are are having space sex on a different planet using using the statues. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that, that did kind of confuse me. That that really confused me. <clears throat> were they having space? I thought they were just dancing. I think they were dancing, and I think it was also like a way to show why they needed the meditation. Like it allowed their bodies to connect to a greater, greater astral plane that they weren't able to connect with, just existing on their own. That kind of connected their society in a different way. Yeah. With my short research, uh, apparently, it's just a way for them to connect with other alien life. Uh, in the galaxy for resources. So space Twitter. Space Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The best kind. Oh uh, yeah. This that's all I gotta say. Uh what's the next topic? What message or ideas did you get out of the movie? Alex. Um I definitely think there could be like an uh I think there could be a maybe an environmentalist message to it, the idea of like uh, a shift in perspective of what if humans weren't the dominant species. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, or just like uh, the idea of like what would 
I guess just like showing uh I'm trying to think of a way to say this that sounds smart as like, oh man, how um like you look at an ant and like squish it, but imagine like what it would be like from the perspective of that ant. How like yeah, her, it's it must humanizing be... the horrible acts we're like, doing to these small creatures. Yeah, that's day. like the hit that's a hit DreamWorks right. movie ants. <laughs> the greatest movie about it. Oh my god, this is the, the this was a the precursor to the ant bully. <laughs> you're right. Wait a minute. You're on to something. Of all the sci-fi movies, yeah. That, was, that, was a good way to that has to be it. the greatest one of them all. That was a good way to explain it. It personifies uh like species that we see as insignificant by putting us in their place. And, and as like an exercise in perspective. And I think there can be like an environmentalist message discerned from that, but also the, like you said earlier, the idea of like uh, a message about like social hierarchy as well. Yeah, I think that that's a really big part of this movie is social hierarchy and just like how we view each other and our perspectives on each other. Because I do, I do agree, Alex, that the ants and are giving humanity to animals that we often, because we can't see them that well we often just write them off as things that are beneath us but allowing us to really see each other and hear what these things have to say and go through in life adds a lot to understanding each other the in the world at large and i think that's something that the film is really trying to talk about uh uh i guess i would oh oh, but uh anything else anything more to add alex um Nothing too much outside of the fact that the movie is very, very, <laughs> very what you you cut off. It is very, very French. French, if if, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> the four. And uh, uh, and Kate, you menage a trois. You mentioned something, yeah. but you you want to add add on to that. I I think I've said all my things by interrupting yeah. you guys enough. Chungi is to go. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Chungi. No, you're fine because <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if y'all were done either, so I'm glad you asked. Uh, yeah, um, I think the three big speaking points, because I, I do agree with the message of environmentalism as well, but I think a lot of it comes down to empathy, ignorance, and enlightenment. And there's like the first layer layer of the ohms and the drags, but how the ohms interact with other ohms is also something that is um, like brought up several points in the movie. And the reason why Tear, the main character, is able to sort of communicate so well is because he he's literally educated. He's one of the few right. educated ohms out there, and um, because of that, like. The other ohm, even the el- the ohms are also ignorant, right? So the yes. the drags, the aliens are ignorant to the fact that these ohms are sapient creatures, and then the ohms, the humans themselves, are ignorant to. At one point, one of them likens learning the language of the drags to like evil, like he just says it's evil to learn right. about things at all. And there's that sort of divide between the uh, the uh, hashtag Hollow Bush Gang and the uh, <laughs> the, the Hollow Tree Gang or whatever. I can't remember. <laughs> Right, but even even among the humans, side, there are these <laughs> so I, I know it's kind of like schlocky to say this, but like one thing I like about this is that by the end of it, you know, they 
they learn about each other's culture a little bit more. And because of that, they're able to kind of coexist. So you have like the the aliens who are striving for enlightenment who have kind of like ignored the people. And then you have the humans who are ignorant and ignore the, the drags and see them as like nothing but monsters. And by the end of it, they're both able to learn and educate themselves and kind of move forward into like a new society. I think that's really cool. So right. that's, that's, yep. that's what I like about it. Right. It's the themes. Anyway, All the themes. Yeah. Uh, okay. My turn is, uh, I do agree with all you all, um, like themes and perception of the movie, like, uh, especially the enlightenment thing, because all the drags, even though they are the superior being on that planet and what they they still alter within, like, uh, what's what's a good word for it? They still falter the same way human error falter where since they're so high up in their own top right, races they they arrogance, arrogance they yeah. fail to see even though they know these these terror the ohms are technically a threat they they fail to see it or they're hubris they brush it off because they're just insignificant small ant uh, puppy creatures they keep as pets yeah. Little critters. Little yeah. creaturas. Scribbles. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, this movie is very French because uh, <laughs> you all problems get solved with with hyper violence <laughs> and you gotta you gotta <laughs> take down the monarchy. Behead them. With nudity. <laughs> no. We can all peace love and behead them. <laughs> no, see. peace, love, and run around in half naked loincloths. Why are you hippies? We need a big, yeah. glowy mating ritual. That's what our society needs now. We all walk off into the distance, squalling together. Yeah, that's called burning. That's what man. happens when you go to Disneyland? Oh, yeah, burning. Oh, man. Uh, we got to do a Disney Parks podcast at some point. Disney Park, Disney Parks. <laughs> Let's all go to Disney. Disney uh, World. That would be that yeah. would be great. As you like can a do a podcast in each line. <laughs> that actually would be fun. <laughs> you actually could though. It's the funny thing. <laughs> yeah, just take like a especially that take like a handheld mic or a tape recorder or something and just pull it out and while waiting in line, It'd be great. Especially that last uh, Splash Mountain line. Man, that was long <laughs> as fuck. We call it ASMR. It's like uh, ASMR. You're talking. You're talking with your friends while waiting in line. <laughs> yeah. Make sure there's That'd the large spots of, of silence where you're just like, man, this line, it's just not moving. When are we gonna get done? I'm, I'm kind of sweaty and my feet hurt. Like you have the internal monologue as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't you say you saw people there? I know we're still getting off topic, but didn't you say you saw people there like vlogging and stuff? Oh, in line? yeah, yeah. I, I was there in the last day of Splash Mountain, and there were a couple of people. Oh. A vlogging about the last day in Splash Mountain at, oh, uh, with like yeah, I professional saw camera equipment and everything. <laughs> What's up, gang? It's your boy. It's hashtag Splash Mountain. Same Rip. Splash Mountain. Yeah, there was one. I made I the same joke like over there. <laughs> I saw that where people like put a bunch of like Splash Mountain plushies right next to the ride, like it was a roadside memorial. Yes. 
It's like, it's like, dude, chill. There were people in cosplay. There were uh, Splash Mountain characters. Uh, like, I, I do think it's an interesting thing to document, but not as a vlog. Was, not as like, oh, here we go, Logang. Yeah. Time to fucking check out the the wetness of this thing there, for one last time. There's definitely some theme park YouTubers who I can understand. Like, all right, I got Disney. We're in Disneyland uh, to ride Splash Mountain for the last time, and they try to like document various things too. But then there's like anyone who like uh, puts themselves at the center of it. That is weird. There was a huge line for the coin machine because people want that last Splash Mountain, the Smash Penny. Oh yeah, Disney's oh, trying to hide its racism now. That's so crazy. They should just embrace <laughs> yeah. it. And just be more racist. Yes, well. <laughs> Honestly, if they wanted to, one thing that could be kind of cool is if uh, because Joel Chandler Harris and both Walt Disney and Joel Chandler Harris are long dead, if they really wanted to keep Splash Mountain, why not? give why not provide the opportunity for people of color to kind of take it back in a way and make their own interpretation kind of like what they did with lovecraft and lovecraft country mm, i guess I, so. i've never seen that but i don't want to splash mountain yeah i don't want to i don't want uncle remus okay. that's my, okay. uh, so, as the resident so, black man of this of easier parts oh, yeah. like, I, 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 I personally not do not care it. for it and also don't really care that much about Disney stuff, so you know me. Yeah, but. people always talk about Splash Mountain like it's the sacred thing that like Walt Disney made it himself and it's been here for so long. But like what? honestly, it isn't. It came from it, an era when Disney was trying to pander to teenagers. Yeah, he didn't he didn't make and it himself. The only yeah, the only reason it was themed to Splash Mountain was because it was themed to Song of the South was because they had some animatronics lying around that just so happened to be designed by an animator from splash mountain so they thought okay we have all these animatronics lying around that aren't being used from a defunct attraction we need to have a thrill ride why don't we have song of this make it about song of the south and it'll be a log flume and even the name was part of like a, was a marketing choice because originally it was going to be called zippity river run but after the movie but after that's a the bad movie, title. That's a good move. That's a terrible title. <laughs> yeah. Awesome title. But but the, but the reason why they it was they called it Splash Mountain is really strange because uh, Touchstone, which is a Disney company, released the movie Splash with Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks. Tom and Hanks movie Splash would have been awesome for that. Oh, yeah. I would love to have Tom a Hanks, Daryl yeah. Hannah, Tom Hanks ride at Disneyland. That would be amazing. I would is, love though, that. The it was so far along produ- in production that the Splash Mountain characters basically had to stay. But Michael Eisner said, "Could you also include characters yeah. from Splash?" No, that's awesome. Fuck oh, no. <laughs> yeah, not- the Imagineers are like, "No, we're not. We're not doing that." Who doesn't want to see Eugene Levy before they go off a big drop and get all wet? <laughs> that's every good dream I have. <laughs> oh, Tom, we can finally get wet together. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that is why it's called Splash Mountain. Uh, Michael I West because Splash was a popular movie. Ooh, enough Disney talk. We gotta, yeah. we gotta finish this uh, last topic. Yes, we have to talk about actual with, cinema. With a, what yes. I mean, Splash Mountain is cinema. All right. <laughs> would you would you recommend Fantastic Planet? Alex, go. Uh, yes, I would. It's a very, it's a very strange experience. I wouldn't go into it expecting something grandiose in the same way that like a typical blockbuster is. It's very bizarre and just kind of, if you want to watch it properly, just kind of let, just kind of soak in the atmosphere. It's one of those kind of movies. 
Uh, all right, Kate. Yeah, show it to some third graders. Just don't explain anything. <laughs> no, <and throw> it <laughs> <on>. no. <laughs> that's a, that's okay. They're they're great. They all understand movies in the first place. They'll learn. Yeah, they'll learn. They'll get it, or they won't. Whatever. It's, 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 it's art. You see, I love I love the concept of showing something to a, a group of elementary schoolers that just is too high concept for them to understand. Just pretty yeah. colors. The thing is, if you features. show it in an art museum, parents wouldn't complain. Yeah. It's just call it the uh, uh, what's that Disney movie? The last one that, that came out. Oh, Strange World. Literally, Fantastic. my Strange World. That was my letterbox. My like my letterbox review for this movie was just um sometimes i think this is a pretty fantastic planet too <laughs> quoting jake gyllenhaal and then i also wrote dennis quaid does not laugh <laughs> quaid. the quaid rage sorry i didn't need a birthday quaid uh, uh who, who was uh Jungus. oh um you know i'm i'm so sorry i'm very like there's some movies that I'm like kind of a little snooty and like protective of, and I don't like seeing people make fun of it. So I would not recommend it to certain <laughs> people because I know they would just make fun of it. Yeah, um, I, but if I you're really get that vibe from it too, I would recommend it to people who are animation buffs who love to find like niche obscure animation. I would definitely recommend it to like sci-fi lovers if you're if you're like me and you love space. Space. Uh, I recommend it. The one place untouched by capitalism. (laughs) So far, so far. Wait till I get my hands on. We need to wait till the Wayne Utani group starts getting those xenomorphs out there. No, if anything, they're just gonna they're just gonna like send all the pollution to space and build uh, Amazon fulfillment centers up there. Welcome to Space Island. Tanner, would you uh That's my favorite recommend this film? Total uh yes. Uh, well <laughs> it's yes and no. I, I would recommend it to most of my Discord friends and maybe some co-workers of mine that are like either cinema snobs or or animation lovers. <laughs> to the rest of my normie friends, not really. I, I definitely know they would be very bored or very confused by it. Right. <clears throat> Sweet, we did it. We finished it. Any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, great job, everyone. I think that we all worked really hard on making Fantastic Planet. I remember the late nights <laughs> yeah. that we all had, staying up, just sketching all those, the cleanup lines, the <laughs> layers. It was a lot of work, and I think we all pulled through in the end. Really? 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 Just, we all learned French that one weekend to make this movie together. Just yeah, we made we, we. it on a, on a Saturday and Sunday. Worked it out. Forty-eight hour coffee and like four baguettes. Baguettes <laughs> and baguette. Baguettes are dope though. I do. I, I gotta <laughs> give them that. Now we'll talk about our other topic of the day: the Looney Tunes show episode where Lola and Bugs Bunny go to France. I thought you were going to say Lola and Bugs Bunny goes to Fantastic Planet. No, oh, not. my God. I'd love that. <laughs> That'd be cool. Now we're going to work on um, 13 Leader Moose. Yeah. Here yes. we come, Adult Swim. Get ready to get, like, just your lowest ratings ever. No one's going <laughs> to like it. Get ready to approve another show without a pilot. 
You want to you want to show that you thought it was impressive to have a show that didn't cost anything? Pay you. We pay you. Ooh, I like the net loss we're gonna get there. <laughs> that, look, you you got to spend money to make money. True. And and in this case, you got to spend money to make no money. You got to spend money to lose money. You know. You, yeah. you got to spend money to spend money. You know, it do be like that out here. Yeah. Uh, end of the episode. So, uh, see ya. Bye. Over to Bye. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching. Remember to like and subscribe <clears throat> and share. Subscribe to Twitter.com. <laughs> He's on Netflix. Get him. Go find him. Yes. <laughs>